Because it was like a, a soft open. A soft open for your delicate parts. Wait. <laughs> that was such an evil laugh you just did. I'm really good at evil laughs. <laughs> I was really bad. Um, <laughs> I thought it was gorgeous. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Holy hell. Um, I appreciate your support now and always, Hannah. I'm here for you. Ferguson. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, take your shoulders, shake your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be bad. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Hi. Hi. I have an itchy thing on my wrist. You interrupted yourself. Hello. Very weird. (laughs) Hello. Hello. And uh, well, hi. I'm doing it again. My panicked. No, no. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome. 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 Your ears to the sounds of our voices talking about good witches and bad bitches, which is the podcast that you have just tuned into and pressed play on. It's true. What do we do, Hannah? What do we do here? <gasps> Am I? Yeah. Is you it? Al- you always ask me. So I know. now I'm turning and the you tables. Know you've had all the practice. Yep. And so I'm just reap the benefits. Totally like in I the woods a, with this. No, you're not. Cause you've heard me say it a million times. I've heard you say something different. Yeah. A million times. No, yeah. I love it. This is a podcast about ladies. And sometimes we talk about ladies from the past, and sometimes we talk about ladies from the now. The future? Wait. Mm, not the future yet. <sighs> we when don't that have that technology. technology. Arrives. Oh. Shit. We've been spending too much time together. Nonsense. Nonsense. But yeah, that's this podcast, and we also swear a little bit, and sometimes we're drinking. That's an understatement and of the century. <laughs> sometimes we don't actually know what we're talking about, but we do our best. We're usually imbibing in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form, whether it be coffee. Right now I'm drinking green tea. Yeah, today sometimes we're caffeinating. It's wine. Today it's caffeine day. It's mm-hmm. caffeine. Like, yeah. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to be zippy, zappy, zoppy. Oh, my goodness. I think you're there. I think you're correct. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Cut me off from my green tea. Oh, I, no. I can't. I can't do it. Give it here, Deanna. Come nope. on. I know. She drank, <laughs> how many liters did you say that is? Um, well, it's two a, liters it's a of two green liter tea. bottle of green tea. I've drank about half of it now. Well done. Well done. I'm proud. I'm so proud. And we a t- lot, I mean, there's caffeine in there, so I think the zoppy, the zippy, and the zappy is happening. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's fine. <laughs> things are good. Things are, things are great. But yeah, that's our podcast. So, you know, also we do a lot of this where we. A lot of bullshitting. Yeah. Where we are attempting to be charming as hell and usually just come off as big old weirdos. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I'm but really we appreciate not. those of you who stick around and I'm, like listen every week. Yes. Despite that I mean, thing. I think we're, I mean, we have fun. When we do it, we and maybe people can tell we have fun. The point is that we have fun. <laughs> yes. Right? That's the point. That's the whole point. Let's talk about some lady stuff today. We will. Hannah's got something for me. But uh, first. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, tell me. You said you had something to tell me. Well, okay. So I found an article. This is from June. Because you and I have been talking about how excited we are to go to this event that you 
found out about mm-hmm. called Vegan Dale. I think that's what it is, and it's like a vegan festival. It's a vegan food festival, and there are a bunch of them um, in Houston multiple cities, and Chicago, and yeah. And because usually before we record our podcast, we have a habit of going to one of our favorite vegan diners for breakfast, and mm. it is delicious. And so I good. myself. Am a vegan, a non-militant vegan, because I've it's been too long and it's too exhausting. But you guys are just like vegan friendly omnivores, and um, yeah, I'm mostly vegetarian. Fucking great. And then yeah, and it's just like there's no reason, like there's no excuse to be like this just doesn't taste as good anymore because fuck no, it is so good. It's so good. Vegan junk food is the bee's knees, and it doesn't make you feel as much like you're rolling around in in agony mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah have... if you have lactose issues or anything like that yeah yeah it's not as as heavy always sometimes i don't know yeah but anyway i found a story about a um a little bit of a uh dramatic twist that happened at vegandale in houston oh and the headline reads maybe don't serve meat at a vegan festival oh <laughs> And this is from the takeout. And it says, we received an email from organizers of Vegandale who say that they were totally up front with me, Patio, and other vendors regarding what could and could not be served at the Vegandale Festival. The email read in part, quote, the Vegandale Food and Drink Festival has an extensive sales vetting process and every vendor is obligated to follow our terms and conditions, where it's explicitly stated prior to agreeing to participate that all food and drinks served must be 100% vegan. Vendors are strictly prohibited from selling anything that isn't vegan. When our team was made aware of the incident in the Houston event, we made sure the vendor ceased sales or uh, of animal products immediately. Our terms and conditions of participation strictly forbid animal products. So we were disappointed as our guests. uh, We were as disappointed as our guests for this blatant deception. And then continues, while the takeout has no problem with some people's decision not to eat animal products, products, we occasionally find ourselves rolling our eyes at extreme vegan outrage. Today, however, we are on the side of the pissed off vegans who are up in arms after a food truck at Houston's Vegandale Festival served meat and other animal products. What the fuck? The Houston Chronicle reports the truck from Me Patio Cafe and Grill has apologized for serving those foods at the event, which was billed as 100% vegan, where you don't have to worry about ingredients. The restaurant's owner chalked it up to a miscommunication, saying organizers didn't provide her information about what items could and couldn't be sold. Oh. Yeah, a little guidance would probably have helped, but in 2018, is vegan not self-explanatory? The people who make this festival invited us, and they knew we were not a vegan restaurant, she says. They never told me I could not sell any meat. It was probably just communication, Barrera told the Houston Chronicle. Me patio uh, faced swift backlash with many of the complaints summarized. No, I'm not going to continue that sentence. It's just like some gross name for a blog. Uh, the blog posted photos of me patio's menus, which were supposedly color coded to indicate vegan and non-vegan offerings, but which festival attendees suspect were cooked in a meat broth uh, and may have contained non-vegan products like mayonnaise. The blog also includes screen grabs of a lengthy back and forth conversation between a vegan festival attendee and the restaurant, which seemed to indicate a lot of confusion. Me Patio admits the restaurant, quote, didn't plan correctly. Facing a torrent of criticism, they have taken down their Facebook page. Here's our read. Yeah, vegan festival attendees are right to be pissed off. 
even if meat products are clearly labeled, and it doesn't sound like they were, they have no place at a, quote, 100% vegan <laughs> festival where guests are told they don't have to pour over menus and inquire about ingredients. Oh, my God. But festival organizers could probably do a better job in the future of vetting restaurants and making sure all vendors understand exactly what vegans can and cannot consume. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? That is so baffling. The name, it's in the name. It's a vegan festival, Vegan Dale. It's in the fucking name. It shouldn't be that hard. Because that's the thing is that the whole point is for vegans to show up and, and eat their faces off without Ugh. having to ask, what's in this? Well, we've talked about this multiple times. Like when, dairy? When we go to Champs, it's almost, um, this, this vegan diner, it's almost like harder to order food there than other places because, because there's so much available yeah you can eat anything off the whole menu you're not restricted to one or two things oh my god champs is so good and strong so, ass plugs for champs diner oh god, in williamsburg yes. it is williamsburg right mm -hmm. yeah but it is like one of the best fucking restaurants it's so good in the city it's so good it's, you can always tell because if you try to go there for brunch on the weekend you can easily find yourself in an hour wait situation yeah. which is why we always go right when they open yep so that we can get a table quick anyway that's funny and i'm really excited when this episode drops we will be close to being able to go to the vegandale mm. food mm. festival mm. yeah it will be approaching and i'm assuming that in New York, they're not going to have that much of an issue. No. Not in the same way Houston did. Although I'm just shocked that Houston had it in the first place. The, Heavily. the festival? Heavily, yeah. 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 Any what? Okay. We mm. are ready to talk. I keep having that very staccato uh, voice today. We are, are ready. ready. Hannah, you going to tell me about a lady today? I'm going to tell you about a lady. Huh? Yeah, pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. All right. Um, so right now. Yep. From September 15th through October 15th. Yep. It is um, Hispanic Heritage Month. Woo! Hell yeah. And I picked somebody who. Because my birthday is Mexican Independence Day. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's a good point is that the reason it's September 15th through October 15th is because Mexican Independence Day is September 16th. Yup. And so it's honoring that, you know, date and that period in time. Which is also my 30th birthday. Whoop, whoop. Oh my God. Not to make it all about me. Well, you technically already had your 30th birthday. I mean, by the time this airs, By yeah. the time this airs. But at the time of... Okay. Oh my God, cat! At the time of taping? No, not, not quite yet. What? The, this person who I picked is Mexican, not Mexican-American or, you know, an American of Latin American descent. Okay. I mean, that's Which fine. is an important distinction to make, primarily because it's Hispanic Heritage Month in the U.S., ah. and I don't know if it is everywhere else. So it's generally, I mean, the, the idea is that you're celebrating American, Americans of whatever, you know, Hispanic or Latin American descent. Um, but I did pick somebody who was Mexican specifically, in part because I think that's that... That's fine. I think yeah. that that's still in the spirit. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and her story, I think, is important and interesting for people of that heritage. And so I'm talking today about Petra Herrera. Cool. Otherwise known as... 
sometimes Pedro Herrera, depending on what you're looking at and reading and the time period what? that you're reading about. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, um, Pedro Herrera was a, and I am probably going to butcher this word, so I do apologize in advance, but she was a, a soldadera okay. during the Mexican Revolution. I don't think that's butchering too bad. I hope not. Um, so before I go into her, I didn't know much about the Mexican Revolution, and so I included some information on it because I figure if there's anyone like me... Context is always context great. Context is helpful. So um, <laughs> I kind of oversimplified it a little bit, but basically it's the 1910s. President um, Porfirio Diaz has been president since 1876-ish, and he's been okay. a tyrant pretty much the entire time. He's been encouraging wealthy landowners to continue treating the people who work their land like slaves. Great. Um, so there's this huge divide between the wealthy elites and the very poor people working their land and et cetera, et cetera. So when, um, when Diaz decides he's going to run for a seventh term, people are pissed. That's so many. <laughs> it's, and it's a lot like Putin, who's yeah. like, I'm, quote, running for president, but if you don't vote for me, you're going to die. Oh, you mean exactly what Trump wants? Uh-huh, yeah, exactly Trump's favorite thing. Yeah, he would love to have seven terms That's in why office. he keeps that's, praising that, dictators. That sounds like my nightmare. It's... Oh, we're already in my nightmare, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's getting Him winning worse in the first day. place. Hey. Anyway. Anyway. He's a tyrant. He's a tyrant. And and so this, this idea that he was going to run for a seventh term was basically like the straw that was about to break the camel's back. And nice. this guy, um, Francisco Madero, rose up as the leader of the Anti-Re-Election Alliance. Nice. Um, also known as the Anti-Re-Electionistas. <laughs> okay. Which I like. Um, Madero. Did they dress cool, too? I don't know. I You probably could find pictures of them. Um, but he subsequently announced that he would be running for president against Diaz. And okay. that prompted the mobilization of armies throughout Mexico and Whoop. basically started a civil war. Which so, is never fun. Which is never fun. And that's basically what the Mexican Revolution was, was um, all of these people and revolutionaries like Pancho Villa yep. who came up and basically said, fuck you, President Diaz, we're not going to let you run for a seventh term. Um, and the war would basically would last for uh, about a decade. That's a long civil war. It's a long-ass time. It's a long, oh long time. Oh, boy. Um, so, obviously, most people were in, like, in the war in some way. And sure. women became instrumental to the, the war effort, um as soldaderas and they were <laughs> it, they they glamorized it the men glamorized the role that they played in this way by calling the soldaderas? them soldaderas yeah they they called soldaderas I'm so, so sorry for please that. don't do that I just did it <laughs> I know and it made me made my teeth hurt yeah put my mine too set my set my jaw on edge I know how to pronounce soldadera um Nervous. So they glamorized this this the idea of the soldadera by calling them um, Adelitas, and Which means little what? I think 
like generally right beautiful in Spanish, little if you add ita to the end of something or yeah. ito, that's like little right yeah um so la adelita was one of the most popular corridos or songs of romance during the mexican revolution Oh. This song is the love story of a young woman who travels with a sergeant and his regiment during the revolution. Okay. And it praises Adelita, the sweetheart of the troop, um, for both her beauty and her valor, mm-hmm. noting how she is wanted by the other officers. Um, like romantically wanted? Romantically. And so we can imagine this woman is an object of desire whose beauty and physique attracted the, attracted the soldiers and um, eventually broke all their hearts. And so, you know, Adelita and the soldaderas as a result were sort of, you know, they were seen as these women who came into these camps. They were romanticized. And romanticized. Um, But what the the purpose of them, initially, at least according to the men, was to come into these camps and cook the meals and tend to the camp while the men went to war. Okay. And so they were involved in the war effort in that sense, like they were helping the soldiers and they were keeping camp clean. And For blah, the blah, revolutionaries, blah. right? For the revolutionaries. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know if it was specific to the revolutionary side. Well, I don't actually know if it's specific to the revolutionary side, but Petra Herrera is specifically on the revolutionary cool. side. Um, but yeah, so these women worked as nurses, food providers, lovers, spies, messengers, and some of them fighters. Nice. Um, many of them were forced by their husbands to follow them and work in the camps. Some of the forces straight up kidnapped women as they went from town to town and worse. Okay. Um, and there, but there were also those who volunteered to join the cause. Right. So, Petra Herrera was one of these women, but she was absolutely not there to cook or clean or be a nurse or whatever. She was pretty much like, I'm going to be a soldier. I'm going to fight like the men, and that's that. That's it. That's all I'm going to be cool with doing. Done deal. Done deal. So, um, she disguised herself as a dude. Cool. And called herself Pedro. Um, in- so, that, that's convenient that that's close enough to her name. Yes, that she will respond to it, no problem. What's funny is she is not the only soldadera named Petra who disguised herself as a man and called herself Pedro. Weird. Isn't that funny? Not surprising. No. There were a lot. There were so many women who did that so that they could fight in, yeah. this, in this war because, because they were also, like, these injustices were uh, affected them just as much as they affected everyone else. Like, of course, yeah. They wanted to be able to fight for for their freedoms from those things. So she um, she disguised herself as a man um, and established her reputation with the revolutionaries. She had to lie to her fellow soldiers in order pr- to protect her identity, of course. Um, for example, she would lie that she shaved at dawn before the other soldiers woke up. <laughs> she never had to shave her face. She never had to shave her face. So she was like, oh, I shaved before dawn, before, like way before you ever got up. Like, that's how awesome I am. Slick. And they never figured it out. Wow. So men are dumb. Really? Yeah, they never figured it out. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, she was able to blend in just fine. And quickly after joining the army, Petra was recognized as an aggressive fighter who carried out military operations efficiently and strategically. She became uh, what known... women are good at that stuff? Uh, well, crazy. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> um, she became known as a courageous and brave soldier, a good leader, 
an excellent marksman. Um, and apparently, it's funny, because most articles mention this, but they don't mention why or how many or, or anything like that. But she apparently became known for blowing up bridges. Like, she was really good at blowing up bridges. All right. So she did that a lot. That was a thing, apparently, that she was, you know, Fuck doing all the time. burning bridges. Petra Herrera <laughs> wants to blow them up completely. Oh, nothing left. Nothing left. Eventually, she became so popular and beloved by all the dudes in this, in this, um, uh, I guess, regiment that she was part of. She was finally like, you know what? I'm going to reveal that I'm a woman Uh-oh. and see what they think. Um, uh, so everything went well. They accepted her with open arms. End of story. Kind of. Oh, really? Half of that. Like a little bit. So she started wearing braids and fighting under her own name. And by 1914, um, she was a captain under Pancho Villa, leading 200 men into battle. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, her crowning achievement was to sack the city of uh, Torreon. I think. Yeah. T-O-R-R-E-O-N. Torreon. So, Torreon. Taking the city in the biggest fight in the war to that date gave Pancho Villa access to heavy artillery, a uh, half million rounds... Uh, of ammunition, armored rail cars, blah, 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 like a shit ton of stuff. and Armored rail cars? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Whoa. And yet Herrera was not given much, if any, credit for her work in the massive fight. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. We were doing so well, guys. I know. She wasn't mentioned in the official papers. What? But... Um, according to another soldier in the battle, she was the one who took Torreon. She turned off the lights when they entered the city. Still, she received no promotion to general afterwards. So, Which like, is something that would have happened for a man probably for Right, sure. and if she had decided to remain, you know, Pedro, probably she would have been promoted to general. But because she was like, I'm doing really well, and I want people to know that a woman is doing this shit. Which is brave. Which is so brave. Yeah. And she was, I mean, she did continue to do shit, but it was like, once once she was no longer Pedro and was back to being Petra, she stopped getting credit for anything. And we only know that she got, that she was part of any of this stuff through other soldiers that were there and said things. Wow. But the, but the official papers say nothing. So in response, Herrera was like, peace out. I'm leaving. Like, there's no way I'm going to keep doing this and not get credit. Did she say peace out, witches? (sighs) Peace out, witches. Um, No, don't stop listening to this podcast just because I said that. She left Pancho Villa's forces and made her own. But still a revolutionary force. Uh Uh-huh. And she was like, I'm better at this, so I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, and she was like, I know that women are fabulous, so she made an independent all-female brigade. Oh, shit. Yeah. So by the end of the war, it was estimated that her brigade comprised um, around 300 to 400 women. A lot of a lot of um, eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts say things like she had a thousand and like 10,000 women in her brigade. But that was probably blowing it a little out of proportion. Still, that's still impressive. Yeah, she had a she had quite a few people. So was she just like poaching the the other soldaderas that were 
I believe like, in so. camps, yeah. and she'd be like, "Hey, do you want to actually fight? Yeah, because you can under me." And they'd be like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" Yeah, and if they heard of her, they would go they to would her. Seek her out actively. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, so she looked after her women like a mama bear, and uh, basically, if do we know how old she was? At this you time, know, roughly? I don't know. Cool. In fact, there isn't a ton of information about her, in part because, like, Pancho Villa didn't want to write anything down about her and didn't want to give her any credit for anything. Right. So, so much of what we do know is just pieced together from other people. So I'm not sure how old she was. All right. Um, but yeah, she... I mean, pre- presumably she... a grown-ass woman at this point. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. Like, I would find it hard to believe that she was, like... 17 or something no i don't think so no um she was very protective of of her ladies she would not let men sleep in the camp and enforced the rule by staying up late and i like uh i think this is from rejected princesses using any wayward male soldier that tried to get in as target practice oh boy (laughs) yeah she was not because women were being raped yeah they were being kidnapped yeah they were being forced into providing labor for the men in these other camps so she was like not about to let that happen hey no no men and if he still continued to try be like we're warning you for the last okay yep so her militia not only fought in several battles but she united these fighting women with pancho villa's forces so that they teamed up and you know but we're still separate. They were still separate. But she they, was but obviously they were still fighting for the same side. Yeah. So it was like, well, we're not fighting against each other. Yeah. We can fight alongside. He basically later on he was like, no, no, they didn't fight with me. <laughs> but they did. Bitter much? Yeah. So um da, 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 sorry, let me just make sure I have I think I pasted something twice Uh-oh. here. Oh shoot. Um, so at the end of one of these battles in 1914, she requested General Castro, who was a leader in the revolution, to allow her to re-enter the military and make her a general, but he only granted her the title of colonel and disbanded her women's brigade. What? Rude. Fucking rude. But they were... I know. Helping. And I don't know. They were helping. I don't know where they ended up either. There isn't any information on like if they continued to fight somewhere else or if they were like. God damn it. I know. Really shitty. That's stupid. Um, her work did not end there. After the demobilization of the women's militia, Petra decided to join Venust- Venustiano Carranza. I think that's close to right. Sounds good to me. One of the main political leaders of the revolution who later became president of Mexico. Whoa. She became a spy for him and worked as a bartender in Jimenez, a city in the northern part of Mexico. While she was working there, sadly, Uh she was shot three times by a group of drunk men. Great. A good, a good solid end. Wait, she died this way? She died that way. Yeah, she was shot. Why would, why did they shoot her? Because they were drunk, maybe? It says drunk men, and I feel like that's specific for a reason. Like, they were playing with their fucking guns or some shit. Because I don't think it was because they found out she was a a spy. Because that's what she was. She was spying at the time and working as a bartender. Wow. And I think they were just, like, fucking with their shit and ended up shooting her. Three times, though. That's... 
to be fully accidental. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. There isn't, that's all the information I've got, so I just don't know. Wow. I have no idea. That's upsetting. I know. I know. She's like a decorated war hero. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh. Yep. But I, I think it's, I think it's really cool that we can tell her story now. Like, some, like her story has been pieced together by enough people and enough historians that we have information on it because, like, other revolutionaries didn't want her to be recognized right. for her shit. Right. So I am at least thankful that that's the case. Right. I did want to sure. talk. Um, Rejected Princesses had a few other women that, they, that he talked about. So I liked what he had to say, what the guy who writes Rejected Princesses had he's to say. Great. He's so great. Jason Porath, if anyone wants to go follow him on Twitter, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, we get so. inspiration from his website frequently. All the time. He used to work for DreamWorks, and so he does little drawings for, you know, each person that he talks about mm-hmm. and does a little article about them. Um, so yeah, so he talked about Petra Ruiz who also went by Pedro. Nice. She was um, nicknamed, uh, I apologize, Esha Ballas? Bullets? Oh. Basically, her nickname was Bullets, but... That's cute. The Spanish version of that. Um, She had a bad temper and was so skilled with knives and guns that other soldiers would just let her have her way. Um, one, ac- <laughs> one account tells of some soldiers arguing who would be the first to rape a young girl when Petra shows up, demands the girl for herself, and then winning her through intimidation, lets her go. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a good move. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Fuck off, dudes. Hell. She's mine. Oh, by the way, you're free. <laughs> you're free to go. <laughs> okay, goodbye now. <laughs> be free. You're welcome. Um, Rosa Bobadilla, who, when widowed by the war, took up arms and fought in 168 battles. Whoa. Surviving them all, um, and died. That's so many. That's like, every time you go into battle, you're, like, gambling. You're, you're rolling the dice. To and like, she died I of might... old age. Later Unlike on. Petra. Unlike Herrera. Petra. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, a woman named Chiquita who rode into an enemy camp saying she was a trained nurse. Hours later, she was fleeing town after having stolen papers, documents, and maps from the enemy. Um, A 13-year-old girl named Elisa Grienson, who, when U.S. President Wilson sent an army into Mexico, rallied the women of Peral to kick them out. They surrounded the American commander, who was apparently already leaving, but taking his sweet time with it, (laughs) throwing rocks and sticks and shouting, Viva Villa, Viva Mexico. Mexico. Um, He continues on and he says, unfortunately, for most of the post-war history, soldaderas were largely memorialized through folk songs like La Adelita um, that didn't really do them justice. Yeah. Yeah. and other other portrayals, especially early on, <coughs> it's okay. Other portrayals, especially early on, tended to play into sexed up gender stereotypes. Naturally, <laughs> naturally. Um, yeah, he, he. Let's see, Los de Abajo, Abajo, 
a novel serialized in newspapers beginning in 1915, was a war novel that had two female two female leads, Camilla, the maternal demure, demure girlfriend, and La Pintada, the painted one, who, through a, though an excellent soldier, is portrayed as vulgar, out of control, and generally monstrous. She ends up stabbing Camilla out of jealousy and being exiled. Whoa. So, like, the portrayal of these women was really fucked up compared with, obviously, what was actually going on. Yeah. Since so many of them were there against their will, or they were there to support their husbands, or they were there to support the war effort as, like, nurses or whatever. Right, And then there were also the women like Petra and the women that, that the rejected princesses um, site talks about that were there to fight. Very few of them, I think, really um, embodied the La Adelita. Well, the point is that, you know, yeah, they were all <laughs> different uh, and all. They're people. Complex. Yeah. And hey, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's um, Petra Herrera and a few other ladies, the soldaderas of the Mexican Revolution. Well, dang. Well, dang. Thanks, Han. Oh, yeah. That was, she sounds awesome. That's so upsetting <laughs> that she died, like, the way she did. I know. I kind of, like, I kind of. It, like, ends on a, like, a, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh. I didn't gracefully, like, get that in there either. Uh, so, I, my apologies. I think it was graceful. But, <laughs> I mean. Hannah, you're so graceful. Oh, my God. You're the most you. graceful of ladies I very I much ever seen. Seen. <laughs> okay. You're so graceful. I appreciate I don't know why it. I'm leaning towards Swedish accents. I don't know. Hello, I'm Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, let me um, let me tell you about some. Um, you gonna lay some on this day in history on yeah, me? Yeah, lay I, it on me, bitch. I am. So it's the twenty sixth of September. 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 Um, uh, some some stuff happened today. Um, for example, in forty six BC, Julius Caesar dedicates a temple to his mythical ancestor, Venus Genetrix. Genetrix. In accordance with a vow he made at the Battle of Pharsalus. All right. Yeah. Somebody should just totally stab Caesar. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what was it? What was that? Spoilers. I was going to say spoilers. I was going to say foreshadowing, and I was like, that's not right. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. To history. <laughs> Oh, uh, in 1687, the Acropolis in Athens is attacked by a Venetian, the Venetian army trying to eject the Turks and damage, uh, they damage the Parthenon. No! 1687. Bastards. I know. Shitty, shitty, shitty. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, 1772, New Jersey passes a bill requiring a license to practice medicine. <laughs> Weird. Imagine. <laughs> a I'm a license. doctor now. Uh, do you you want to be my patient? I just suddenly decided. Do I know anything about medicine? Oh Maybe. God. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Jesus. It's kind of like it makes me think of um, the episode we did a couple episodes back, Elizabeth Bentley, where they didn't have to do background checks yeah. when getting jobs in the U.S. government <laughs> until the 50s. Which is ridiculous because spying 
has been a thing in po- in political intrigue since as long as humans have formed systems of yeah. uh, governing. Mm-hmm. Like, how did the country last as long as it did if we didn't know if spies were infiltrating our government or not? Well, we just were that trusting, that blithely fucking oblivious. 1789, Thomas Jefferson is appointed the first U.S. Secretary of State. Already said and approved. Yeah, John Jay becomes the first U.S. Chief Justice. Headed up to New York. Heading to New York, heading to New York. It's a little Hamilton for you. Thanks. David Diggs does it better, though. 1904, Earl Grey is named British Governor General of Canada. All right, Earl Grey. <laughs> All right, Earl Grey. Um, 1907, New Zealand and Newfoundland each become dominions within the British Empire. All right. Oh, those Brits. They love their empire. <laughs> they love their empire. They love, yeah, adding to it. 1994, Switzerland bans racist propaganda. Cool. I wish we would ban it here. God, I know. But Fox it serves just be done. It serves Trump so well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would ever do that. Nope. 2016. Uh-oh. First US presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Too soon. Too soon. Oh Can't boy. Oh. Um 2017. Saudi Arabia announces it is overturning its ban on women driving. Woo-hoo! The last country in the world to do so. Yep. The end. Deanna? Yeah. What are you excited about? Okay, so I've got a really simple thing hmm. that I want to say that I'm excited about. So you have like a bunch of beautiful tarot decks <laughs> I do. in your house. Mm-hmm. And I was just fucking around with one, like shuffling, shuffling, shuffling earlier today and I had a card just like as I was shuffling fall out a single card and land in my lap and as it's common like if that kind of thing happens to me I'm always like oh well this card is meant for me to be aware of right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the the prevailing knowledge of tarot so the card that fell out was the sun card and I will read to you because this is what made me excited it's a good card looking forward to the future yeah the sun card The sun positively oozes with life. Bedecking the universe in its fluid effervescence, it ripples out into the cosmos, vitalizing and energizing everything it touches. The great creator, the sun, is the impetus for all things to grow upwards and exult in the sheer bliss of living. Open your heart and absorb its hail-hardy power. When the sun turns up in a reading, use it as a reminder that life is wonderful and precious. Its radiant beams will light up even the darkest aspects of your existence, and you do not need to be afraid or doubtful for your future. (sighs) Its warmth will wrap around your being and enliven it. If it's not readily apparent, be calm and search deeper. It's sure to reveal itself in due time. If you're lucky enough to bask in the greatness of the sun, share it with those you love. It will bring them joy and reassurance as they themselves tread through shadow. Aww. Just what a lovely card. I like that. To remind me to live in the light. Yeah. This deck is also really wonderful. If if anyone is interested, it's the Prisma Visions tarot. I It is really great. It's really lovely. You have two versions of it. Yeah. So this artist, and, and I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I can link to the deck um, in the show notes. James R. Eads. James R. Eads. Okay. Um, yeah. He has... He... he initially did the black and white version of this and it's called the light visions 
And that's the one that that I have, and I tend to just I, I tend just tend to like it better. It works better for me. And Ben is the one who uses the Prisma Visions, which is in color. But it's the same artwork, it's right? It's the same artwork, but for some reason. Yeah, there's a few cards that are different, but for some reason, I just feel like the black and white calls to me more than the color does, and, you yeah. know, the opposite is true for Ben. It's really interesting how the color makes them, how the color makes it feel like such a different deck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's really beautiful, and the descriptions in the little booklet are really lovely and it's a deck worth having even if you are like a beginner I think it's a really good deck for beginners because it it just is so visually rich and it's I think easy to get drawn in and and figure out what things mean and what they mean to you yeah pretty easily I like that yeah so I'm excited for my future at this exact moment yay more of my staccato talking my, uh, my staccato talking. Yes. I like it. Thanks. The deck. Thanks. And the sun. Not your weird staccato talking. <laughs> fair, fair. That's very fair. I'm getting self-conscious about it myself. I'm also just teasing you. Slytherin. <gasps> Me? A Slytherin? No. <laughs> No. Yeah. 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 Anyways, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thank you. This has been a wonderful, fun episode, and I hope you think so, too. And we are so happy to have you here and listening. Please tell your friends. Please interact with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all GWBB podcast, uh, Gmail, um, gwbbpodcast at gmail.com to submit your own stories to just corrections, corrections please. Um, we happily love it all. Yeah. Except for, Hell, you know, yeah. if you just take a dump all over us verbally, that's not fun. But, you know, sometimes some people have strong feelings. Yeah. We probably we... won't read those ones on the podcast, but, you know, you got to say Unless what you got to say. Unless they're funny. <laughs> if it's hate mail that makes us laugh. You can do that. Okay. Otherwise, peace out, witches. Nice. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Woo! Bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you for listening. (laughs) You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and more. Basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Mm If you like our podcast, it would be really helpful if you could please like and subscribe, rate and review, share with your friends on social media, word of mouth, mm-hmm. all of that. It's great. Yes. And you can find us on Twitter at GWBB Podcast. Instagram is the same. And we are on Facebook under Good Witches, Bad Bitches Podcast. And hey, guess what? If you want to hear all of our episodes, they are all up at our website, GWBBpodcast.com. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to share with us and that you want us to share on our podcast at some point, you can email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, you know what? If you like what you hear, 
maybe please consider a little bit of supporting us financially by visiting our tip jar. Um, the link is in the show notes. Every little bit helps. It just kind of makes it so that we can keep this going so that it has some longevity. So just think about it. See, see how you feel about it. Or you can support this podcast directly by buying us a coffee on our Ko-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so that is ko-fi.com slash GWBB podcast. Um, coffee start at $3 because that's generally the price of a fancy coffee and it just helps us keep the ship going. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is produced by Moon Bounce and powered by Pine Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.